Hello and welcome. I'm Elizabeth Hodgson, a BBC business and economics journalist and podcast host. And I'm joined by Chantal Iswaran, who leads go-to-market strategy, implementation and support at technology solutions company Aspire Systems. And Chantal, I know you've also been really busy writing books. Yes, uh, Elizabeth. Uh, hi, everyone. I head enterprise business applications at Aspire. I've been working on ERP implementation globally for the last 25 years and I have recently authored a book Navigating Through the Business Fluid Landscape. This is a real-world guide for the C-suit specifically handling uh, business applications. And I'm also joined by David Norfolk at Blow Research, an independent industry analyst firm. So David, tell us a bit more about you. Hi everybody. I've got about 50 years experience in IT and I'm interested in development and governance where development is building business outcomes and governance is having no surprises while you do it. That's actually a really nice way to bring us into well the conversation we're going to have today which involves a lot of ideas about how to adapt and Chentil. We're living in extremely strange times. We've had one pandemic, others might very well happen um, and surely there's a possibility of a recession due to COVID. So how do you see this impacting business strategies? Before this pandemic, enterprises were more focused on being recession proof. We have 33 recessions over last cumulative 48 years. Guess how many were forecasted? Zero. None of them we were able to forecast, not even the pandemic. For that matter, how many truly understood the impact the COVID was about to have on the business world. It's why many industries like the retail and travel industry, hospitality were hit really hard. But like the saying goes, uh, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. As you already know, some of the business had to call it quits. Then there were those that became resilient, adapt to the new normal. As odd as it sounds, there was a digital travel agency that started to sell medical and safety products platform and they were successful too. Another company which sold the SIM cards also began selling masks. Soon it became one of the hottest selling products. There are of course some extreme cases, SaaS players or banks can't use the same strategy. But the key here is they should revisit the business model and unearth new opportunities for service innovation and extensibility. It is not about going digital wherever or based on whatever is trending. Some focus all their digital transformation efforts on boosting their operation efficiency or delivering great customer experiences without a roadmap. But it's a mistake uh, because being digital lies in the DNA of the company based on the nature of industry and how much change is practical and sustainable. The fundamental message is the need for adaptability in a world that is becoming increasingly fluid. The good news is that there exist more opportunities to make the technology ecosystem more agile and scalable by adapting modern business applications. The earlier the pandemic was a probability, then it became a possibility. Finally, it's a reality. So now we need to ensure that business is resilient to all probabilities, possibilities and realities. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, I'd like to turn to David and ask what your thoughts on this, well, huge topic are. It's basically fundamental to the way that Bloor sees the world. We believe in the mutable business, which means a business, a constant state of evolution to adapt to the changing business environment. Ideally, if you're a mutable business, things like the pandemic should be just another stage in, the, um, in your adaption to what's going on. I guess the key points for us are that evolution is, is continuous. It's not a case of um, a big bang change and then you sit back and um, relax. It's a continuous process which, as Gentle says, has to be built into the DNA of the company. And being continuous, it's not just one transformation, it's many transformations. Once you've done a digital transformation once, you then see the need for future digital transformations. So it has to be a journey, and a journey in which you consider all stakeholders, not a goal, uh, a defined spot for just one important stakeholder. Agreed, David. I mean, uh, yes, uh, digital transformation uh, has to be a continuous process and not one-time activity. Uh, the here uh, with pandemic, uh, there, there is some more to add on top of digital transformation that is fluidity. I mean, adapting the need, I mean, kind of brick and mortar adapting to digital uh, selling overnight. Uh, actually, it's, it's a bit late, but still not too late. Also, Chentil, um, I know that you're really interested in talking about adapting to this so-called Uberization economy. Could you give what you feel is your definition for an Uberization economy and then tell us how you think we have to adapt to it? So, Uber mobile app has covered many artificial transactions which is performed by any uh, standard ERP today. And it offers also offers services like service requests, automated collection and customer support uh, without leveraging a call center. Just like how Google become a verb to symbolize enhanced search functionality, so did Uber as an indicator for app-based digital revolution. Clearly, Uberization is not a buzzword anymore. It is where major businesses are heading on to order to overcome the current barriers to innovation. The legacy system are on the way out. One of the reasons is the lack of real-time analytics to cater to today's expectations. Even large OEMs have announced they would be offboarding their legacy support in coming years and instead they will be focused on providing more modular cloud support. However, today more enterprises are realizing there is a big difference between developing mobile app and enable an application usage on mobile devices. Despite more larger enterprises adapting this mindset, there is still confusion around Uberization. It is due to paradox of technology usage. As enterprises wait for autonomous business application to enter the mix, some of their teams are still making data entries just like how it was done decades ago with minor improvements. However, the path is clear. The probable Uberization of business application is the final destination to keep up with the pace of innovation. The future also depends on the evolution of autonomous technology. It could help unlock 
acquire whole set of self-powered usability experiences. I like your your comments about the future. One of the key things I think you mentioned is the long tail that traditionally in IT, the cutting edge of technology is a long way in front of some of the laggards. And at any particular time, you have to cope with that some of the people you will be dealing with will still be on the previous generation of technology. So even if you are fully modernized and fully fluid, uh, you have to deal with the fact that some of your partners may not be. We talk about new technology, but I think one of the implications is the social implications. As we move forward into the, into this um, digital economy, we find that the impact on people becomes important. People start looking at social outcomes as well as um, business outcomes. And uh, well, we found that with, with Uber itself, that the treatment of taxi drivers and the competition with um, traditional taxi drivers with more regulation and the lack of regulation for Uber drivers became critical to the, the Uber model. So I just wondered what you thought about extending the view of the digital organisation into social areas, into people issues. That's a valid point, David. Cultural transformation is something which has to go hand in hand with any digital transformation uh, projects. Typically, uh, we go by a project objective, business objective, the social objective uh, is uh, taken uh, a backseat or it is lying in one of the project risk. Comprehensive change management is essential for any digital transformation, although People uh, typically uh, may not see be uh, resistant for any change, but uh, it is uh, it is essential uh, that we embed this in every digital transformation project. I guess one of the other things is that it's important to have a good basis for the, the fluid organisation, the mutable organisation. That it's not a case of being agile and all the rules going out the window because they get in the way. You need to have a, a better infrastructure and um, rule base so you can build agility on top of something. You don't want to be building in sand. If you're not careful, you can become out of touch with the regulations, with the, the fundamental business governance of the organisation. It's a case of having more discipline and more ability in the players, not less. So we're not moving to a world of cowboys, we're moving to a world of seasoned professionals who are also agile. Right, David. We saw in pandemic, right, people who ran data centers weren't able to reach when full lockdown is there in specific areas or countries. So it is essential or natural progression towards the cloud, either by lip shift or adapting to uh, SaaS-based model. We need to really think in that direction. Uh, I see that there is there is a huge surge with reference to demand on these cloud-based adaptions. But still, there are pockets uh, who they still feel comfortable on uh, their comfort zone. 
it's all good, you know, talking about how businesses can adapt. But of course, businesses are made of people and indeed other stakeholders, and they all have expectations. So as change and evolution proceeds, how do you manage those various stakeholder expectations? With reference to stakeholder uh, expectations, right, I mean, this uh, digitally fluid era, uh, it is essential uh, for the stakeholders to understand the power of technology and how they can leverage technology to sustain even during the pandemic period, right? The pandemic period, we, we saw majority of essential services uh, performing all through uh, non-stop. The non-essentials are the one which, which are primarily hit, but some actually adapted by having those e-commerce or the digital omni-commerce. Uh, so those, those kind of areas is something which the stakeholders has to seriously think about and it is essential to have it in their business roadmap. And how do you feel about this, David? While you're undergoing digital transformation, you need help. The people in a transforming company are going somewhere they haven't been before. And they don't just need training, they also need mentoring. It really helps if you have somebody alongside you who's been on that journey and can give you practical advice from the sharp end of you know why you're doing things this way because you'll find out in a couple of months' time you're glad you did it. The practice in training has to change and is a vital part of digital transformation. One of the concepts that um, you talk about, Chantal, I've read some of your work online, is digital fluidity. I see that very much as being what law calls mutable business. But could you perhaps explain exactly what you see digital fluidity as being? It may seem that many enterprises are still in the incremental digital transformation phase. They are picking and choosing only the most important process to uh, digitize. But are they strategically building a long-term digital-first technology ecosystem? Well, that's a million-dollar question that only CEOs, CTOs, and CFOs can answer. But the fact is that digital business will continue to evolve over a year, every year, and it is up to enterprises to opt for digitally fluid mindset not just one focused on transformation. Some of my recommendations uh, would be to build a collaborative technology ecosystem uh, for cloud and on-prem components to frictionally connect with each other to enable different applications from different cloud providers to interact uh, with each other to maximize growth, to leverage modernized applications to increase remote workforce productivity, to ensure CSUT synergy in the mass towards a cohesive enterprise-wide digital transformation strategy. The act of bringing together best fit tools and applications to help enterprise become agile, flexible and scalable, which means that there will be more opportunities to drive great user experiences even while collaborating with vendors, partners and other third-party service providers. That way, enterprises would be able to withstand future technology disruptions, unexpected market condition, or who knows, maybe another pandemic. Let's face it, the future is unpredictable. That's also a part of what digital fluidity means. It is the evolutionary step 
that every enterprise has to take in order to cater to changing demands of people and it's not just customers and employees it's anyone doing business with them when we talk about digital economies. Is there a temptation to have this obsession with youth? Are we kind of, do you think, in danger of just losing, I guess, what you might call um, company memory? Those people who have been in a company for 20, 30, 40 years, who really have that kind of experience. And do you think that experience is necessary when we're adapting to have that kind of that core of knowledge? Yes, Elizabeth, we need experiences. They are the subject matters experts who help shape this digitally fluid enterprise for the future. Those SMEs are essential part of it and they should be part of uh, the core group uh, which decides the business roadmap. I mean, I would call as business roadmap, not IT roadmap anymore. David, do you have any thoughts on this as an industry veteran? Yes, I think that um, you need both young people and old people. You need young people to take risks and to do the unexpected, do what you think you couldn't do. But you need old people to point out that, well, we tried that 20 years ago and it didn't work for these reasons. Have you thought of addressing these issues this time around? I mean, I've made a living out of recognising that many of the issues that I met when I was young still haven't been solved. The technology has changed, the words have changed, but the basic issue is still there. Computer science still works. So I think, I think yes, I think you need the mix of the risk-averse and the risk-accepting. You need people who are enthusiastic going forwards, but you also need people who say, just hold on a second, it's working at the moment. Let's not risk stopping it working too much. So it's balance. It's a temptation sometimes to promote change for just a few people. The people who get the change, the people who have the new product, the people whose careers are being built on making change happen. But unless you bring all the stakeholders along with you, that change may be short-lived and may lead to, to trouble in the future. certainly food for thought as we as we come to the end of the podcast and gentle before we go is there one really important tip that you'd like to give people who are listening about navigating this digitally fluid landscape that we're all experiencing as we move on to this uh, digitally fluid era it is essential uh, that we migrate to uh, the cloud applications uh, wherever uh, possible and uh, the future is on autonomous business applications where uh, most of the operations which we do manually might be automated uh, using AARPA blockchains. That's a really good point to end on. So Chentil and David, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you today and well hopefully we'll be doing this sometime in the future. Sure, thanks you Elizabeth. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. It's been fun.